coaches and, and recruiters can go and actually meet face-to-face with their players. And I'm sure that it was a tough stretch for them over this past year having to deal with that, all the roadblocks in the way of having to recruit and build a roster for not just this season, next season, years to come, to do all of that without, well, flying anywhere, driving anywhere, meeting with anybody, bringing anyone on campus. Coaches and programs had to get really creative. But how about those who cover recruiting? That's what I would find most interesting is how it totally changed their approach to all of this. And joining us now, uh, he, of course, is the recruiting analyst for Letterman Row with the Ohio State Buckeyes. Joining us now, we have Jeremy Birmingham. Jeremy, welcome in, man. I appreciate your time today. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Good. So, look, look, this is a huge day. I'm sure the programs are super excited. Ohio State, Ryan Day and company excited to finally get back to, to whatever normal is now moving forward when it comes to recruiting. But how about for you? They had to, not just Ohio State, but everyone had to change their recruiting approach uh, throughout this past year. But how was it covering recruiting when there wasn't a lot of recruiting going on and not in your traditional sense? Yeah, I mean, it's been a little different, obviously. We, we certainly have tried to um, move away from some of the minutia of the recruiting on a day-to-day basis and just cover the bigger picture stuff. And um, Because ultimately, all these kids are having conversations more and more than ever, actually, with college coaches. So there's at least some you know consistent um, work to be done because the coaches have been able to spend more time talking, whether it's over Zoom or FaceTime or whatever, than they would have in the past. But it's, it's less quality uh, as far as the interaction, I guess. Jeremy, how many, and may not be a set number, but is there a good amount of examples of guys who committed to Ohio State that never really got the chance to meet with coaches? Uh, I mean, how, how, you know, how is that for Ohio State? I know that's common for a lot of teams out there, but how common was that for Ohio State to get commits from guys that really never stepped foot on campus? Well, I mean, it certainly happened a lot in the last year, and more so in the class of 2022, obviously, because most of those kids haven't been able to visit anywhere until today. But the Buckeyes, I mean, even in the class of 2021, the kids that have signed and are already on campus in a lot of cases, like Denzel Burke from Arizona or Travion Henderson from Virginia, um, you know, these kids, they didn't even get a chance to visit Ohio State before they signed a letter of intent and and enrolled at the school. So uh, it's been a very unique situation for those kids. Fortunately for the class of 2022 and kids like DJ, uh, CJ Hicks down there in uh, mm-hmm. Archbishop Walter High School in Kettering, like he was up there this morning. I mean, it's June 1 and dead period's over and he got in the car and got to Ohio State first thing this morning. So they, they're going to take full advantage of this month of June in these 30 days and, and be there as much as they can. So what about you? Does this open up the door for you to kind of hit the road? I'm sure you're going to be enjoying uh, covering a lot more of these stories minus the, all the Zoom calls, correct? Or are you going to be a little bit more cautious with your approach to all this as well? Yeah, well, we've done a little bit in the last few months. Uh, I, I've been down in a number of the national recruiting camps in Atlanta and Phoenix and a few other places. Next week I'll head down to the IMG Academy in Bradenton for uh, the Future 50 camp, which is basically the top 50 players in the class of 2023. Uh, then the opening, which has sort of always been the, the preeminent uh, college combine slash recruiting camp, which was obviously didn't happen last year, is back for the end of this month, and that's out in Los Angeles, so I'll head out there at the end of the month for that. But it's really just about getting an opportunity to be at Ohio State, watching the kids that are camping and are working out for the Buckeyes coaches and trying to make sure that their stories get told so people know who they are because – even the kids that don't end up being Ohio State caliber a player, which certainly there are not many of them around the country, um, those kids, the, the media that they get at those events helps promote those kids for other schools, for Cincinnati's, for uh, you know Miami of Ohio's, for Toledo's, 
that's how they learn a lot about these players. So uh, there's a lot of residual value for those kids just to, to show up and for the media to be able to be there. We have Jeremy Birmingham with us, Ohio State Buckeyes recruiting analyst for Letterman Row. Uh, look, I think this comes for for me. This comes from the trust that we have within the Ohio State Buckeyes program that I should feel more nervous. Look, there's no more Justin Fields, but we've seen some great quarterbacks over the last decade for Ohio State that that come and go, and and yet we've never been let down once in this past decade as far as the transition from one great quarterback to the next. And we should feel uncomfortable right now. There is no more Justin Fields, but it's like we've kind of grown this trust with the program that when you look at guys like whether it's Kyle. McC- Cord, C.J. Stroud, Jack Miller, or even, you know, the Quinn Ewers kid for the class of 22, we're confident that no matter who steps under center for Ohio State, that that's going to be one hell of a talented kid right there. What is your takeaway right now as far as how crowded and how talented this quarterback room is for Ohio State, even before the top quarterback in Ewers gets on campus for next season? It's impossible to discount the talent uh, that you have with C.J. Stroud and, and, and Jack Miller and Kyle McCord for sure. Um, C.J. Stroud was out in California this weekend at Steve Clarkson's uh, quarterback retreat. He's one of the uh, big-time quarterback trainers on the West Coast. Uh, Quinn Ewers was there working out, and C.J. is a kid that apparently, uh, I was not there, but from what I did talking to people there, he was one of the more impressive of the college students who were there as counselors. Uh, and you're right. I mean, Ohio State has has proven over and over again that there's not a lot of reason to be worried about the next guy up because they do have a lot of talent. And I think it's funny because, honestly, 10 years ago, we wouldn't have thought that a three-man quarterback room was too stacked. <laughs> you know, we, we would have thought that that was a player short. Um, and now, because the way college football is changing, you have to do a lot of uh, ego juggling and roster management to make sure that you hold on to all three of them. So, you now I was talking to... Uh, someone this morning about the class of 2023 and uh, you know Quinn Ewers obviously is the number one ranked player in the class of 2022 you know what you have there but as the Buckeyes enter June looking to, to try to figure out who their class of 2023 quarterback will be if things go well they're recruiting a kid who they have to tell you're not going to play here for six years <laughs> and be patient kids love that <laughs> and that is an incredibly interesting conversation because aside from the fact that these these rising juniors have two years of high school left to play, the, the goal would be you don't play at Ohio State until Kyle McCord and Quinn Ewers are gone. So you're talking about six years to develop a kid and his patience and the relationship and his game. So um, it, it opens up a lot of doors for the Buckeyes to, to figure out the, the best way to go out and find the right fit for the room and maybe – in this instance, one that doesn't offset the balance that's already there. Um, Oklahoma, for example, in the class of 2022, after signing the country's number one ranked quarterback in the 21 class, in Caleb Williams, they just decided not to take a quarterback last year. And that's, that's a risky proposition. Um, but you may be able to get by because right now they're the front runner for the number one quarterback in the class of 2023. So there's, there's a lot of different maneuvering happening in these, uh, college recruiting rooms and the discussions they're having. Yeah, when you talk about maneuvering and and everything else, the quarterback room, and things always have a habit of taking care of themselves a little bit. Just hopefully whoever leaves Ohio State doesn't the uh, isn't the Joe Burrow of the group that goes on to win a Heisman and a national championship and goes on to be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. But uh, I am curious your thoughts on what's your gut telling you uh, about you know the Sarkeesian at Texas. Obviously yours, uh, you, you know, doesn't look at Texas, looks at Ohio State. Is there any concern out there that uh, well Texas might be kind of catching his ear a little bit, especially if whether it's 
C.J. Stroud, Miller, McCord that has a breakout year this year. I mean, that quarterback room is stacked. Could he look back at Texas and potentially go back there? I mean, uh, Quinn has been pretty adamant that he's not looking. Um, but, of course, it, it's hard to discount that entirely when you're talking about a kid from the state who grew up wearing the burnt orange and, and you're, you know, being a Longhorns fan. But he's been pretty clear that he, he's comfortable in his decision. Texas has not sat idly by. They do have a commitment from a five-star quarterback in the same class. So to, to go ahead and, and continue recruiting ears, um would risk losing him and Malik Murphy, the quarterback that they have committed from California. And I think that there's some discussion at Texas about maybe putting that to bed and putting all of their efforts into trying to lure Arch Manning in the class of 2023 mm-hmm. to Austin instead. You know, all the skill guys get all the love, the running backs, the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, but everybody knows if you don't have the big guys up front blocking, opening up holes, who are the potential new Buckeyes going to be looking at? Well, right now they only have one offensive lineman committed in the class of 2022, and that that does make things a little bit precarious as they head into this, this June. Um, they need a handful of guys, especially true offensive tackles. Uh, there are a couple in the state of Ohio, Ryan Bear from up at uh, East East Lake North High School that they're talking with in Hill Camp this next weekend. Um, Carter Smith from Olentangy Liberty High School outside of Columbus worked out for the Buckeyes this morning and, and was earned a, a, an official visit invitation. So they're at least considering a potential offer to him. But the, the real big fish is Zach Rice. He's a five-star offensive lineman from Lynchburg, Virginia. He's the number one ranked player in the country at his position. He's going to make his official visit to Ohio State this weekend, and he'll be there with 12 of the Buckeyes' 2022 commitments. So it's really a great opportunity to, to show him what they're building from a, you know, brotherhoods type of um, standpoint. So it, that's really the goal. You really want to go out and hit a home run with him. There's also Neil Wagner down in uh, Dayton at uh, Heber Heights Wayne High School who has an, uh, an offer from the Buckeyes. He's a, a really athletic, maybe a little bit more raw player than a guy like Zach Rice is who might be more ready to contribute. But um, it, it may be a class where we see the Buckeyes turn to the state of Ohio um, as far as filling out the offensive line. I got two questions for you about the transfer portal. We've seen guys like uh, Jamison Williams go to Bama, Mookie Cooper to Mizzou, and Tariq Johnson still kind of TBA. We saw guys go out, but we haven't seen too many guys come in. Are there any guys in the transfer portal that the Buckeyes are looking at? Uh, there's still a discussion, I think, ongoing about um, Paulie Neo Teote, who's a linebacker from USC. Uh, who's in the transfer portal, former five-star, number one-ranked linebacker in the class of 2018. Uh, he had a couple of injury issues that slowed him down at USC, and he has not made a decision yet. Uh, that was seemingly between Ohio State and Texas. And so I think that if there is any interest for Ohio State in the portal, that's really the only place it's going to be. Uh, but they're just trying to figure out if it makes sense to upset the, the, the current chemistry. Um, for a player that maybe doesn't necessarily enhance the room all the way, it might you know it might just be a position or, or, or a role player type. Um, it's a linebacker position that needs some help, however, because you know you're playing long snappers at linebacker in the spring game, so uh, they definitely know that they could use some help at that position. But that's pretty much the only spot I'd see them working. What is the coaching staff stance with the tr- transfer portal? Because we hear so many stories about you know hiring guys to you know, look strictly at the transfer portal kind of like as a free agency situation. What is the coaching staff's stance on the transfer portal with that? 
Uh, I mean, they're, they're certainly going to always keep an eye on it um, you know, because it's it's going to be something that becomes a part of college football. But uh, the Buckeyes don't want to develop a, a habit of going out and, and building a team from the transfer portal. Certainly, if you can enhance from that spot like they did with Jonah Jackson or Justin Fields or Trey Sermon, then you do it. But you, it, it's not something that should be a regular part of what they're trying to do. They're not going to be holding back scholarship spots for guys in the transfer portal. They're still going to make it their focus to recruit high school athletes and then develop them. Um, but clearly they've shown that if a guy is the right fit and he's in the portal, then they'll go get him. And that's, that's what you're going to have to do when it comes to college football. Yeah, it's interesting seeing the approach of college basketball for the portal versus college football. College basketball, a little bit more drastic. Some programs coming out saying they're not even going to recruit high schoolers anymore. Uh, football is a little bit more. We're going to plug some holes with the portal. We're not going to make the portal our, our premier uh, you know, path as far as is recruiting is concerned. Last thing here, Jeremy, on the way out. This is a non-Buckeye question technically, but you know, it's interesting. You look at the top 10 recruiting classes of 22, and uh, you know, of course you have your Penn State in there. You know, There's Ohio State right there at the top, but, but Rutgers right there. You look at the job that Rutgers is doing right now. Rutgers is always the butt end of a lot of jokes when it comes to the Big Ten. Um, that's an interesting program right now that I'm keeping an eye on just because it's kind of cool seeing them kind of make some noise out on the recruiting trail. Uh, what are your thoughts and takeaways as far as the rest of the Big Ten uh, on your way out here? Well, I think that Rutgers is a great example of one of those schools that is comfortable building from the transfer portal because you have to. Um, but then you have to win games. and mm-hmm. none, of that, none of that other stuff is going to matter if you don't go out and win some games that maybe you didn't win last year, uh, you know, look at that Rutgers Michigan game from a year ago. And if you want to excite kids about staying home in the Northeast and going to Rutgers, if you want to be able to go out and win a couple battles uh, along the Eastern seaboard against Maryland and, and other schools like that, Penn State that always thrives well there, you're going to need to win football games. And you look at Tennessee and last summer, Tennessee was, you know, one of the top three ranked uh, recruiting classes in the country in the class of 2021. But then you go out and your program still stinks and you fire your coach. <laughs> None of that really matters. All right. So you you got to go win football. You got to go win football games. All right, good stuff. Jeremy Birmingham, give him, give him a follow on Twitter. He's the recruiting analyst covering Ohio State for Letterman Row at Berm, B-I-R-M, on Twitter. Give him a follow. Does an awesome job uh, covering all things recruiting for your Ohio State Buckeyes, and now things are going to get a lot more interesting now uh, that the dead period is officially over. Jeremy, thanks so much for your time. We'll talk soon. I appreciate it. No problem, guys. Thanks. At Napa, when it comes to serving you, our motor never quits. And when it comes to getting you the part you need when